Hello, and welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast. This is a place of vulnerability and acceptance where we discuss ways that you can learn to be empowered and to know that your worth is something that is always with you and not something that you have to earn. I'm your host, Kara Murray. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast. I'm so thrilled that you're joining us today, and I'm even more thrilled that we have a guest with us today. My wonderful friend, Ember Pilati, is here, and I'm going to let her introduce herself really quick. I'm just so thrilled to be here, so thank you so much, Kara. Um, so I'm Ember Pilati. I'm a life coach at Emerge Empowered. I'm the mom of five beautiful children, and I love to dance, play the ukulele, play pickleball, um, spend time with my family. I love nature and outdoors, and I'm a recovering perfectionist. So that's we'll kind of dive into that a little bit. Thank you. Wonderful. Yes, and we will put all of Ember's information on the show notes, and we'll let you know at the end of the show. But Ember also recently launched a podcast, and so... Make sure to go check out that. It's Emerge Empowered, and we'll remind you at the end as well. But Ember and I have been friends for almost 11 years since I moved into the neighborhood. We get to be neighbors, and I'm so grateful that we live near each other because she's wonderful. The feeling's mutual. (laughs) So we are going to dive into Ember's story today, and I am excited for you guys to learn from here. She has got so much information and so much that she's been through so it'll be great for you all to know her story before ember shares her story i wanted to remind everyone to head over to my website today i am slash worksheet and make sure you download this month's 10 minute takeaway worksheet that will help you really internalize the lessons that ember is going to teach us about self-love and her journey in recovering from perfectionism she is going to give us her three takeaways and then we will focus on those for the rest of February. So make sure that you do that before we get started. I'm going to turn the rest of the podcast over to Ember to share her story with us. Thanks, Kara. Like I said, I'm just thrilled to be here. I've been listening to Kara's podcast for a while now and just have enjoyed all that I've learned from them. Today, I just wanted to share with you my journey from perfectionism to true self-love. When I was growing up, I really, I was a high achiever. I liked to be in a lot of things. And I found that I got a lot of validation from achieving things in, in different aspects of my life. And so I really did. I, I just tied my worth and my value to the things that I did or how well that I did them. Just to give you an example, so in high school, I, I went to a small high school, so I could be involved in a lot of things. So I was the newspaper editor, I was the drill mistress of the drill team, I was FHA president, I was on student council, I, and I played volleyball. I could do all the things. <laughs> you were literally all the things, Yes, right? <laughs> yes, and I, I found me basing my self-worth on all of those things mm-hmm. and how well they were done or making sure that I could do all the things and accomplishing all that I wanted to and that worked for me for a while so I kind of carried that same perfectionism into the next phase of my life and I remember 
one night, it was senior night, and it was where, it was the beginning of my senior year, we had an assembly, and all the different teams and organizations were announced. This was a small school, so this <laughs> you got to come up on stage and things like that. And so I went up on stage quite a few times because I was involved in so many things. And this dad of one of my friends and classmates came up to me after that assembly, and he said something to me that I will never forget. And he said, sounds like you've got too many irons in the fire. And of course, I was a little offended at right, the time. Right, a 17-year-old. You're like, excuse me, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> right, but it was his observation that I probably had too many irons in the fire, right? Mm -hmm. And as I went through my senior year and participated in all of these organizations and, and teams and things like that, um, we had our final senior night where we did awards and and again, I went up on stage several times with different organizations, and this particular dad found me after and made a point to come up to me and say, not necessarily an apology, but he said to me, you were able to do that, and that was incredible. I didn't think you would be able to, and you hmm. were able to do that. So I was just rooting all of my worth and my value in my accomplishments, in what I could do, mm -hmm. that I could be the most involved or the best at whatever. Yeah. And I kind of carried that into young adulthood through college and excelling through college and things like that. And so then I began uh, my journey as a dance studio owner. And again, I ran a dance studio while I finished my bachelor's degree. And I it was all about what could I do and what could I do well? Mm -hmm. And then my motherhood journey began. <laughs> and motherhood has a way of humbling all of us, I think. <laughs> it's such a humbling experience, right? Motherhood does have a beautiful quality about it that just brings out the humility and, and really that we need to rely on the Lord. And so I had carried this perfectionism piece with me and for so long and had relied upon it that it just came right along with me. And I started to see that I was running a dance studio and then I started my family. I had two little kids. I was running this dance studio and trying to go back into my patterns of, I do a lot and I do a lot well and everything has to be perfect and I have to just make sure that I am a high achiever because that's where my worth lies. Right. Right. And even as a mom during the day, it was all about my to-do list. Mm -hmm. Did my to-do list get done? How much did I accomplish today? How much did <laughs> I get accomplished today? How well did I do those things? And as I sold my dance studio and became a full-time mom, I it was a tricky transition for me. Yeah, it was a really tricky transition for me because even as a mom of two kids, I still was basing my worth and my value about what it was based on what am I accomplishing in as an owner of my dance studio, right? Right, And, and how I'm affecting those lives. And I had a really hard time as a stay-at-home mom 
as a perfectionist <laughs> and ba- basing my worth and value on what I could get done because quite frankly, <laughs> you know, the days are just chaotic. Yeah. And as much structure as I tried to do and as much as I tried to do my to-do list so I could feel accomplished for the day, I would even like tell my husband at the end of the day and this is what I got done, you know? And he was like, that's totally not necessary. Like, you don't have to do that. But for me, because my worth was based in accomplishing things and the things that I did do or didn't do, Mm -hmm. um, that was how I found my worth and my value. So then we progressed along. Um, We had a few more children. And um, my fourth baby was a real hiccup for me. And I really struggled with postpartum depression in a way that I never had before. Mm-hmm. I'd had the baby blues, I'd had, you know, the hormonal changes of from being pregnant into postpartum and things like that. But with my fourth baby, um, the stars aligned in a crazy way and my husband was finishing his master's, no, he began his master's program right as this fourth baby was born. I'd never had a baby be born so late in the year so I had never done oh. postpartum uh, in, the winter. in the winter yes which is totally a trigger mm-hmm. and and then I was basically a single mom right because he was gone all the time he was gone all the time he worked all day and then did an executive MBA program so he was gone most nights mm-hmm. and so I was I found myself in deep in postpartum depression and where my worth and value was rooted in perfectionism and I was quite frankly in a place where perfectionism was just not an option and even accomplishing things during the day what I wanted to accomplish or what I thought needed to be accomplished just was not a possibility it was not my reality at that point and um, so then we I was able to get the help that I needed through some counseling I did some medication for a while. I was able to really um, pass through that phase, which I was so grateful for. And then we moved into another phase of we thought we were done having children and we got a little gift at the end. So I ended up thinking that here, I always thought I would be the mom of three or four. And now I was going to have five children (laughs) and I would be the mom of five and um it's just a lot more than four by the way it is it just feels so much more than four it is and and recently on my mind that I had struggled with postpartum depression you know and and so there were some things there and I found myself just never planning to be the mom of five and here I was the mom of five and it was not working for me to base my value in in perfectionism and what I could accomplish. And what your plans were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Isn't that what motherhood journey is all about? <laughs> is showing us that um, there's a greater plan. Yeah. And sometimes we have to be shown that, you know, because of mm-hmm. our stubbornness. I'll raise my hand, <laughs> right? It's just that stubbornness in us. Yeah. Some other things that kind of came along in that journey was um, a, we got some diagnoses for one of our children that kind of came 
along the way, one at a young age, you know, through and then several through elementary school. And what I found was that I had arrived in a big way that perfectionism was not my reality. And as much as I tried, as much as I tried to still go on with that mentality, it was, it was drowning. I couldn't do it anymore. And so I started discovering just pieces of things to help me move more into self-love. So this perfectionism was, it was not serving me in any way. In fact, it was dragging me under. It was the peace that was dragging me under. Yes, I had a lot on my plate, just like in high school, right? I had lots of things going on and yet it was not serving me well in mm-hmm. this phase of my life. So I, don't I ha- think perfectionism ever serves any of us well though. <laughs> ever. It doesn't. It doesn't. It didn't serve me well in high school either. Yeah. Because it only reinforced the behavior and the habit and that way of thinking mm-hmm. that I took with me into my adult life. Right. So of course it didn't serve me then, but it seemed to. But eventually it catches up with you. <laughs> it totally does. And it didn't catch up with you when you were 18. No. But it will. And it, all, it will catch up with all of us eventually. It totally will. I like to say that perfectionism is just fear with high heels on. <laughs> I like that. It is, though. Yeah. It really is the fear that we're not good enough. Mm-hmm. All dressed up yeah. and looking fancy. Yeah. So that's something that I like to say is that perfectionism is just fear with high heels on. And I love high heels, and I think they're great. <laughs> it's but true. You've it's got just, a lot of great ones. <laughs> it's just a fancy way of dressing up fear. Yeah. Fear of not being enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really what perfectionism is. So I had to move from this space of basing my worth and value on what I did or didn't do during the day what I did or didn't accomplish because I had five kids in under 10 years and my reality (laughs) (laughs) was messy. Yeah. It was beautiful, but it was messy and perfection was not an option in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. So this is what I have found. The three things that really helped me move from perfectionism to true self-love. And now a quick break. We are so excited to tell you about our free 10-day challenge workbook that we have put together. This 10-day challenge will give you daily practices to help you know that you are enough. And we know that as you take the time to really dive into this challenge, you'll see a glimpse of how your life can be better by knowing that you are enough. You'll start to see yourself in a new way and that knowledge will enhance every aspect of your life. We've designed it to walk you through this process. We hope that you will take some time to go sign up for this challenge. You can join the 10-day I Am Enough challenge for free if you go to www.todayiamenough.com workbook and just fill it out and the workbook will be delivered right to your inbox. So I had to learn to truly and deeply and wholly love myself. And whatever I got accomplished that day, it was enough. Mm -hmm. 
But I couldn't just tell myself that. I tried to just tell myself and I didn't believe it. What I really had to do is have a deep belief in the fact that I was enough. Mm-hmm. I was enough exactly how I am, that I was whole, I was complete, I was exactly the, the mom that I needed to be and I'm exactly the person that I needed to be and that my worth had to move from being tied to achievement to something that was innate and fixed and unchanging and regardless of what I do that I love myself and regardless of my circumstances or regardless of what anyone says Mm -hmm. or thinks or what I think they think you know (laughs) that that all tangled mess but regardless of what anyone else thinks or says that I am enough and that I know that deep down. It changes everything. It really does. That perspective shift, you have to work for it. Yep. It doesn't just come overnight, but you have to work for it. But it changes everything. So I could finally going I could finally go from what did I get accomplished today and feeling like I needed to tell someone mm-hmm. what I got done on my to-do list. Yeah. To I am enough. And what I accomplished today is enough. So is there something specific? I know there's probably several things, but is there something specific that helped you get from that point A of perfectionism to point B of I am enough? So what's like one of the tools that you used? My biggest, the biggest thing that has helped me is that affirmations. Mm -hmm. Affirmations have been huge. And at first I didn't believe them, but I stuck with it. Yep. I, because thoughts come and go and you may or may not believe it. I had such a deeply ingrained belief that my value was tied to what I did. And it took time for me to keep thinking thoughts of, I am enough. Mm -hmm. My life is enough. What I got done today is enough. Yeah. That I had to practice those thoughts over and over. Just like I had practiced the thoughts of perfectionism over, over and yeah. over, I had to rewire my brain. Mm-hmm. I had to say, we're not going that direction today. We're yeah. going in this direction today. Mm-hmm. I am enough. Um, affirmations, redirecting my thoughts, yep. um, even hanging up like a little, little quote that really spoke to me, uh-huh. you know, like, I love all the parts of me. Mm-hmm. Things like that, so that they were thought over and over, I would redirect, redirect. Yep, redirection is so huge. Like, that's one that's been really helpful for me in my own journey to really feel that way. It's Mm -hmm. just like, no, I don't need to think that. I can think this about myself instead. (laughs) Just Mm -hmm. really redirecting them. It's huge. Yes, it is. So that redirection was key for me, Mm -hmm. knowing that I could believe whatever I wanted to believe. Yeah that choice of, I get to choose what I think about me. Yep. And beliefs are just things that we think over and over and find evidence for. Mm -hmm. So when I lived in perfectionism, sure. What did I do? I thought thoughts over and over and found evidence for those, Mm -hmm. right? So as I've moved into self-love, it's that I've thought self-love thoughts over and over until... I found evidence for them and believed them. Right. But it's a process and it requires work. 
Mm-hmm. So that's really the main thing that I've learned in my journey is to really come to love myself. And if anyone else loves me, that's a total bonus, but it's my job to love me. Mm-hmm. So that's been the biggest thing. The other thing is that learning to love myself means that I make time for me. And I look back on those years where I was deep in perfectionism and um, postpartum depression. And those dark years, I, um, I was not spending enough me time. And everyone says, oh, self-care, self-care. And I thought, okay, I'm trying to do self-care, right? But it always came after. So the key for me is to, now that I, I put me first, I schedule in my time first. Mm-hmm. Like this week, things that I need to feed my soul this week, I'm going to lunch with a friend, and I've scheduled in time to play my ukulele. And, of course, some other self-care habits like washing my face and things like that, you know, yeah. that I, I have in routines already. Right. But the things that I need for me to show love for me and take care of me mm-hmm. so that I can show up for other people, they go in my schedule first. Yep. I love that. Yeah. So that's my biggest takeaway is truly learning to love yourself instead of... <laughs> wearing fear with high heels. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that has really helped me in my journey is um, a deep acceptance of what is. So as we found some um, mental health diagnoses with my with my child, I found myself wanting to get to acceptance and my mind was so resistant to it. I would think I was making progress and then I really wasn't. And I didn't have this deep sense of acceptance. And it was because I was focusing on the thoughts that my life should be different or that his life should be different or that something about what we were experiencing had gone wrong or that it shouldn't be the way it was that deep down, that's really the belief I was holding on to, hmm. is that I wasn't accepting the situation and the circumstance for what it really was. Accepting the reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I, love, I love Byron Katie's quote of, when you argue with reality, you lose 100% of the time. <laughs> Yep. And you do. Yeah. When you argue with what is and you spend all of your mental focus on it shouldn't be this way or my life shouldn't be this way or this, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that it shouldn't be that way, you expend all your mental energy there and it yep. doesn't serve you at all. Yeah. Where if you can focus your mental energy on, I accept that this is exactly how it should be, that my life is exactly how it should be, that this child's life is exactly how it should be, then the mental energy that you expend is so much more productive and you can move to a place of now what we can do, what can we do about this? Now where is my energy best focused? Rather than focusing it on something that I couldn't change and I kept fighting with reality that that it shouldn't be this way. And when I was able to really internalize and find that deep acceptance of 
yes, this is exactly how it should be. Mm -hmm. And his life is exactly how it should be. And my life is exactly how it should be. And this situation or this, whatever it is, is exactly how it should be. Then I was able to move forward. And until then, I was stuck. I was totally stuck. And some people will say, oh, but is acceptance like that really? Am I conceding? Is it a concession? Mm -hmm. Is it a giving in? Yeah. And it's not. It's knowing where you stand. It's knowing exactly where you are so that you can forge a path forward. And instead of saying, I should be standing over there. Right. And taking that, that path. <laughs> and you can spend all your energy there. And I spend a lot of time there. And it is not productive. Mm-hmm. So knowing where I stood that it was exactly where I should be standing. Then I could move forward knowing where I was. Mm -hmm. It's just like a GPS. Yeah. Just like a GPS. You can tell it where you're going, but unless it knows where you're at, it does you no good. And it gives you horrible directions. (laughs) (laughs) It can't do it. (laughs) So that piece of, of knowing and accepting your reality has been another key Mm -hmm. part of my journey. So moving from perfection to self-love really required that I had a deep acceptance of myself, of my life, of my journey, mm-hmm. of the people in my life, their journey, yeah. and where they were at. It was just key. Yeah, that's something we talked about um, before, like something that you've taught me is acceptance of where you are and where other people are. And not worrying so much about their path and just accepting that their path is where it needs to be as well. Just like your child, just like this is his path and being accepting of it. And it's, it's really fascinating to explore that and notice that and accept it. It's powerful. It is. (laughs) It's super powerful. It's been an awesome tool to have. Right? Instead of (laughs) expending all that mental energy arguing. They should be like this or I should be like this and just being like, actually... No, what if that's just how they're supposed to be and where they're supposed to be and I just need to love and accept them in that place, on that path. It's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And to do the same for ourselves. Yeah. First, we kind of have to come to that to ourselves yes. and then it's a, such a powerful tool mm-hmm. when we can apply it to the other people in our lives, yeah. key relationships accepting oh it's powerful it's It's good good stuff (laughs) oh good stuff see we're like on the same wavelength my third takeaway from my journey from perfectionism to self-love is to really just focus on the things that I could do instead of wishing other people were doing things (laughs) or trying to control things I really couldn't control I just really needed to focus on These are the things that I can do. I can love me. I can love the other person. I can love my life. I get to choose in any moment, any given moment, I get to focus on the things that I can choose, which are my thoughts, how I behave, right? Mm -hmm. And that always influences my outcome. So in any given moment, I get to choose my actions, my behaviors, what I say, and to focus on those things rather than caring what anyone else thinks. 
which is that's what perfectionism is totally rooted in, right? Yep. Is that you look for outside and what other people are thinking and try to do this facade, this mask of mm -hmm. everything's fine and really turn inward. So my focus, instead of being outward, turn inward and focus on what I could do and what I could be and what I could say mm -hmm. and have that solid grounding of I am enough and I get to choose that yeah it's not based on what anyone else says it's totally up to me mm -hmm. and so to focus my efforts and energies inward rather than outward yeah it was so much more productive well I think it's interesting because often when someone says something to us and it offends us or hurts us um you know, then we'll be annoyed with that person or whatever. And so instead of taking that energy to be annoyed with them, it's focusing like, well, why did that annoy me? Mm -hmm. Right? Like asking that question, why it bothers you or why, it, what triggers something in you and helping fixing that within yourself or noticing that and understanding it is it's, what's really going to help to keep that focus inward. It's powerful. It is. It's powerful. Because something that they say, if you take offense to that, it really is just triggering something in you mm -hmm. that either you're not enough or that your life is not enough. Right. And that is, it's a powerful exercise in, they said that, what did it trigger in me and why? Yeah. Why did that trigger that in me? Mm -hmm. mm, it's a good place to look inward. Because really the truth is, we can't control what other people think about us. Yep. And perfectionism, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Is trying to control what other people think about us. Trying to manipulate their thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. And really... It's the, out of our hands. <laughs> it is completely out of our hands. Right. But what, what do we have control over? Well, we get to choose what we think about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And how we behave. And what actions we take. Right. And we get to choose... And that's what we have control over. So focusing on that is just so powerful. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Ember. I'm so grateful that you were able to join us today. Where can my listeners find you? I'm on social media, Instagram and Facebook at emerge underscore empowered. And I'm also at emergeempowered.org. And your podcast. And my podcast. Thank you. Emerge Empowered with Ember Pilati. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining Ember and I today. I hope that you have all enjoyed getting to know Ember. She is wonderful and I am so grateful she was willing to join us. I hope you'll take a minute to share this podcast with someone that you feel would benefit from it. And also, I would love it if you would take a minute to leave a review for the podcast. It helps other people to find the podcast more easily when you're willing to share and review it. I hope you have a wonderful day. Don't forget to head over and sign up for your free 10-day challenge. And remember today that you are enough.